horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right, and welcome to another edition of Winning Ponies, the regular guy handicapping show. So happy to have you joining us here. And uh, it is the meat of the summer. We've got great racing all over. Of course, we had the huge Haskell. We'll be talking about that. And then coming up, we got a Jim Dandy at Saratoga, uh, n- not to mention uh, champions starting to come out of their stall, go back to the track like Jackie's Warrior, and let's not forget the action out at Del Mar. Guess who's back with his trainer's license, ladies and gentlemen? That's right, none other than the wizard himself. Bob Baffert is back, and he's dangerous, and he's got some dangerous horses coming uh, up the next couple of days at Del Mar. Keep an eye out for him. Uh, so we're going to be talking about all the great racing we got, uh, you know, from coast to coast. Uh, New Jersey, Saratoga, Del Mar, and everything in between. It's just a very good time of the year if you're a horse player. So I hope you take this time of year to come up with no excuses and actually go see some live racing because that is the lifeblood of our game. So to help us look at those horses, none other than the man I admire, you know him as Ed Meyer. Uh, Ed's going to help us. We're going to talk a little bit about the Haskell, and we're going to look at the some of the races from around the country. I love just John with Ed in general about the game because he has a good worldly view. And then our first guest is none other than Barbara D. Livingston. And you may not know, but you know her. Uh, she is one of the most fabulous photographers in the world. She's elevated herself to the chief photographer for the Daily Racing Forum. She started back about the same time as me, back in 1971. Of course, her photos have appeared everywhere. Six-time Eclipse Award winner. And uh, we're going to talk to her about uh, how special covering the Saratoga meet is to her. And I know it's you're starting to hear that ad nauseum, John, but there's so many unique little stories about Saratoga and the people that put the whole puzzle of beauty together. Certainly Barbara's one of them. Now, she also calls Saratoga her home, uh, but her day is a long one, but somehow every time you see her when that sun's coming up, she's able to crack a smile as much as the crack of dawn. So uh, she obviously loves what she's doing. So we're going to talk to her about that. And in specifics, uh, her historical negative collection, uh, many of the photos uh, that are on display right now, uh, the Jim Rafferty, you recall, turf photos. That was Jim. And uh, after he passed away, Barbara luckily kept his collection intact. And uh, she's displaying the photos over at the National Museum Hall of Fame. Uh, It'll be there not just through the Saratoga meet, but a little bit longer after that. So 
We'll talk to Barbara when she comes on. Meanwhile, let's get you up to date on what's happening in the racing world. Of course, our easy win forms at Winning Pony are killing it. Uh, just yesterday, you know, looking for something to do in the evenings. Let's flip on Mountaineer, get out my easy win form, see if I can't come up with a $1 pick four that pays over $1,000. And we did that last night. Also, at Emerald Downs, had two solid winners this week. Again, we don't just do go with your Gulf Streams, uh, Delaware, Saratogas. You know, we, we cover all the tracks. So, Emerald Downs, we had two nice hits this week. Um, it was back-to-back uh, -back days, a 50-cent pick five that returned over 1400 And another 50-cent pick five just uh, the next day paid uh, just over $1,160. So, not bad. You got to pull down the easy win forms. I'm not saying disregard what Ed and I'd like to jaw about and uh, the other handicappers we have on the show, but the easy win form, one stop shopping, it's in your hand. You can take it and refer to it as you're either going to the track or going to your favorite outlet for betting the ponies. So, that's the drawing of tonight's show now let's get to some of the nitty-gritty uh we've i mentioned some of the races that are coming up well there's more on sunday heck we can't do them all folks but uh todd pletcher is going to shoot for his fifth amsterdam win only two horses in there my prankster sure definitely a nice horse how about corniche that's right the reigning two-year-old champion, Corniche, is finally coming out of his stall at Windstar Farm, uh, where he was uh, uh, brought back by Dustin Heath, the gentleman we've had on the show before that's the Windstar trainer. Uh, took baby steps, got him back to where they wanted him, and now Todd's got him uh, wound up. Now, Pletcher's four Amsterdam winners, one of them is Quality Road, <laughs> I believe is his sire. So uh, he also had Discreetly Mine and 210, 40 Tails, Colfront. And uh, so you got to remember now, Corniche made his three starts for Bob Baffert uh, before being transferred to Pletcher. So again, uh, yeah, it was his sire, Quality Road, that won this race. And uh, so we'll see if the Amsterdam can be a family affair for Corniche. Really hope the champion comes back in good form. So some of the other races coming up on Sunday, um, my favorite Donegal Racing uh, will have their multiple stakes winner, Arclo, coming off a 10-month layoff. I thought it might have been retired. And uh, so it'll be an 11 furlong inner turf test for older horses, the quarter-million-dollar grade to bowling green so arclo and let's not forget rock emperor is going to be in that field too now here's something that just broke a couple hours ago naira is moving the belmont park fall meet to aqueduct uh, because of the construction of vehicular and pedestrian tunnels uh, that get access in and out of the Belmont Park infield, the meet's going to be held at the Aqueduct Racetrack. That is going to be very interesting. Hopefully we get somebody on the show to talk about what's uh, going on there because uh, don't forget on Thursday, September 15th uh, and through September 30th, 
these guys are going to have four grade one races and four winning your end qualifiers to the Breeders' Cup in November. So now it'll be at the Big A along with 23 graded stakes events, 41 stakes versus 9.9 million. So if you're driving to see Belmont Live, make sure you get off at the Aqueduct exit. How about here's a. Uh, to worry that we are wondering if it would ever end, Zayat Stables bankruptcy could be settled for $5 million. Sounds like they're getting away cheap if $5 million sounds cheap to you. But uh, under the proposal, they'll pay $5 million, which goes to the lender, MCG Investment. <clears throat> so eventually 30000 goes to the unsecured creditors, which I do believe is our friends, the thoroughbred trainers. you got to remember Zayat was the breeder and owner of American Pharaoh, and uh, <clears throat> I guess they didn't keep his affairs in order and had to file a personal bankruptcy in 2020. And uh, so what MCG saying is that Zayat and his family obtained a $24 million loan by fraud and didn't repay it. Uh, thinking that the American Pharaoh would pay it all back for him, I guess, but that's done. Now, last week's results, got to get to these. We had some uh, great uh, racing. Of course, last week we have on Tom Ham from Three Chimneys. We're talking about Gunrunner. Let's go to the Haskell. It's a Gunrunner Exacta with Cyberknife on top of Taba. So uh, he led home a 1-2 finisher for Gunrunner. He, uh, it was a good race. Charged up the rail. I thought Taba was going to win it. And in deep stretch, he got him down on the rail. I don't know if Taba and Mike Smith saw him. Just got him on the line. They set a new track record. Uh, wow. Just unbelievable. It was a great race. Um and, uh, you know, what can I say? Cyberknife overdue for a big, big win. Taba should not be disgraced in defeat. It was a great race. Had to ship from the West Coast. Still very lightly raced. This horse is only going to get better and better. It's going to be very interesting to see where they both end up. Cyberknife was let go at 7-1. to one. Uh, Just a, absolutely a beautiful ride uh, by Florent Giroux. Kind of saved the ground of the rail. Moved up the lead. Ah, Sprite Six furlongs, 109 and four, and waited for racing room. But meanwhile, Tabo, he was going wide into the lane, and he was the first to overtake the, the favorite, but Cyberknife was cut through the opening. Great ride. Nonetheless, I bet Tabo, Cyberknife got it done. I'm not going to grouse about it, but I'm going to talk to Ed Meyer about this race, get his impressions. Now, here's one. Hope you caught this one. Clary Air who was forced to check in tight quarters at the top of the stretch, found running room along the rail and knew just what to do with it and outbattled Malathot and Crazy Beautiful in a stirring stretch duel and pulled away to win the grade three shoe V by 
one and a half links at Saratoga. So uh, last year it was Malathot that was getting all the best of Clary Air. And now it looks as though Clary Air has grown into a little bit of a bigger girl. And she's ready to take Malathot on and certainly did that in in the shoe v so uh i hope the rivalry continues uh it, but it was a very very impressive uh, uh performance nonetheless and how about the ladies in the coaching club american oaks uh in the uh oaks it was nest kind of boop i'm out there on the early lead Let's just see how we go. But uh, uh, pulled away at the top of the stretch. And right now, she's without a doubt the top three-year-old filly in the country. And she galloped home 12 and a half lengths clear of her main rival. Uh, so, uh, uh, it, uh, you know, what, what can we say? Uh, her main rival? Secret Oath. Yes, a lot of people for pulling for D. Wayne in there, but it was Nest, another offspring of curling. They couldn't get much hotter than, than curling is. That is for sure. All right, don't forget the other the action we're going to cover, the Jim Dandy, the Vanderbilt, and San Diego handicap might get to the Bing Crosby. And then uh, don't forget at Delmar on Sunday, we got the grade two Eddie Reed. That's a mile and eighth on the turf. And then the grade three Mammoth Oaks. Uh, and uh, we also have the grade two Amsterdam at Saratoga and a grade two Bowling Green, as I addressed earlier. So uh, don't forget, we are going to soon get a chance to talk to Barbara Livingston. Uh, here uh, on, on Winning Ponies. And again, uh, you may not know this, but uh, uh, Barbara and I were actually uh, pen pals back in the day when there was such a thing. And uh, <laughs> we'll talk about that through the Sport of King Society that we we're both once members of. So that pretty much wraps up the national news and a quick look at our guests. We're going to take a little bit of a break. And when we come back, we're going to bring you more here on Winning Ponies. Follow the Voice America Variety Channel on Twitter. Our hosts always have something to say, and we know that you do too. We tweet on today's hot topics, and you're welcome to follow us. Speak up and join in at Voice AM Variety. That's at Voice AM Variety. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Guys, with a lot of big racing right around the corner, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS for all of your gambling needs. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades. 
thriving and paying their loyal customer base. With action on every sport across the world, we can pretty much guarantee that we got your game. So join now using Capital Ponies and get a big 125% deposit bonus up to $2,500. So play with the mainstay in the industry. Get your bets down with BetUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. But before you go to BetUS.com, you want to come over to WinningPonies.com and pull down your easy win forms. They're inexpensive, they're fast, and look on the site. You're going to see our results. We come up with some excellent plays every week, and the results are right there. So come on over to WinningPonies.com, get your easy win forms, and then get your action down at Bet. US.com. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. Okay, we're here with Barbara Livingston. Yeah, Barbara's up at Saratoga after another one of her long days at the track. She said, I don't know why you want to talk to me. It'll be boring, but I know it won't be boring. Because Barbara and I go way, way back. Barbara, I, I'm not going to bore them with sport, what Sport of Kings was, but in, in, in a quick capsule, you and I were kind of pen pals in the Sport of Kings. Uh, a, do you remember that? And B, do you remember the club? I mean, I definitely remember the club. And let's bore them, like, really quickly. It was a club where people wrote to each other around the country and around the world that shared a love of tote tickets or photos or programs and you didn't have the internet back then and we would just meet people along the rail and say oh you like collecting programs so do i and we all became members i was number 254 (laughs) and we get newsletters a few times a year and we'd know what each other liked and we'd you know say here are some saratoga traverse programs thank you for the arlington million programs it was fantastic it was it was great and it's like Bobby. This girl, Barbara Livingston, I was living in Albany at the time. I think at that time, did you have an Albany address, or were you up at Saratoga? Absolutely true. No, I lived in Albany, 800 Madison Avenue, which sounds lovely and was not quite as lovely as it sounded, but it was fine. (laughs) I used to go to the movie theater all the time there and see, like, the Saturday matinee, some, uh, you know, uh, (laughs) Boris Karloff movie or something. But anyhow, Barbara, thank you so much for, for being with us. Uh, my, my producer tells me on this night, of which I have broken the internet, 
that we've only got about 10 minutes. So uh, I, I described all your laurels at the top of the show. But, Barbara, uh, what I really like and respect about you, aside from your award-winning photography, is your respect for the past of the sport and the fact that you deeped into your dreams and pulled out your dreams and you saved uh, the works of some legendary photographers. And I think what you've done is you, you prevented from their body of work from being, um, let's say, parceled out here and there. I doss my cap to you, milady. I think it's a great <laughs> thing that you've done for the sport. Well, you might you might have a collection or two of negatives on your own, but when I've uh, well, yeah, just when I've learned that families no longer know what to do with collections of negatives from various photographers. And this covers racing. I have negatives from about 1900 glass negatives up to 19 mid 90s. Um, Mr. Jim Raftery was. I don't think there was a track photographer who had more images than he did. He shot at six tracks regularly, and at other tracks, and in up to 50 years at these tracks. So when I acquired that collection, that required a very large U-Haul which I didn't know you can't get those through Starbucks drive-thrus and they're, they're scary to drive. <laughs> and uh, so it was, a, and then I did another trip where I rented a large SUV and then I drove my car down the third time from Miami up to Saratoga to take everything in three, in three groups of family had everything in their home. They protected it beautifully, but they didn't know what to do with it. They weren't horse racing people and they didn't want the images, you know, to all just rot or disappear or get rain damage or whatever might happen. So lucky me. Uh, you know, it, <laughs> it, it, it is. It is. And I can relate because we are not always successful at these things. I replaced a gentleman by the name of Paul Anderson at Beulah Park. Well, Andy was into his 80s, and let's just say the pictures were getting a little blurry. And a <laughs> lovely man, used to be a World War II photographer in the belly of a, uh airplane, you know, shooting uh, uh targets for the guys anyhow um and what they called me they said hey you know andy's in a nursing home and we got all this stuff what you would do with it i said well Mm -hmm. let's put a stop well luckily one owner (laughs) collected all those works but then i ran into a dead end getting a hold of the owner so to this this guy's the same thing but he covers smaller tracks throughout ohio but nonetheless it's a great history and and i just admire what you've done and I told everybody that it, it's part of this summer's display uh, over at the National Wheel Museum of Racing. So they're going to love that. Now, Barbara, I see you. You may not see me. I'm going to send you some paparazzi photos later because they inadvertently put the picture of some 80-year-old Barbara D. Livingston in with your bio I sent them. So <laughs> you, you know that's to... not me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't, maybe you're wearing your hair different, and you know, I, I, I mean, I mean really you're, you're known for your. <laughs> I know, and you're known for your glorious makeup, and it was just great this shot. I will say, uh, there, there are times I feel like I'm eighty, so that'll be funny to see. But, but in seeing you, and in, in seeing the, the energy that you put out on a day, I, I, I'm exhausted watching you. But uh, among the, the many, 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 many great horses that, that you've shot, which one's one that kind of stands out for his quirkiness or his orderliness or something like that? Just give me some examples, because everything doesn't go smooth when you're taking photos. That's sort of a funny thing. I was actually just photographing a filly here named Venti Valentine yesterday, and I, I love her because she's quirky, and she's won several stakes races. 
she loves Aqueduct, um, Georgia Brew, the trainer. And, like, I really thought about the fact that when he went up to see her, she just sort of pinned her ears and said, you guys suck. Give me something fun. And I, it actually just made me think how fun it is and how different they all are. Because sometimes I don't really get that feeling for them. They're on the wash rack. You get some photos. You have to leave. Um, so to spend time with them is really a blast. And I've never really thought of the most quirky ones. But, you know, the, I always think of the most beautiful ones. And Flagdown was the most handsome racehorse I ever saw. And um, wow. a horse named um, Forever Silver was the most beautiful retired stallion I ever saw. And among personal favorites, you'd have Ali Dar uh, Gander, a New York bred. And the first horse I fell in love with in that regard was named Sip, Sip, Sip. And I never really got to know much about him. I got to meet him once. He, he ended up in the claiming ranks. Um, and I met him, and he was sweet as could be, and I fell in love with that. That was 1977. Um, like, I loved that aspect of him. And then I've loved every horse since that I've had time with because they're all great one way or another. <laughs> well, well, what, 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 what prompted this interview, not only my, I always want to talk to see what you're up to, but uh, about a week ago, I was dropping off some things at Old Friends. And I was walking through one of the barns, and there's a big stack, and I'm like, ooh, ooh, get in the candy store. The new racing form, Old Friends, is out with photos by Barbara <laughs> D. Livingston. Uh, I mean, it, it's special for anybody to walk through that place and see the great horses. But, Barbara, you've yeah. probably already photographed 90% of them during their glory days. It's it's a remarkable thing, and when Michael manages to get the new ones in, it just brings back memories. There were a couple that just passed away. Um, Dumani passed away, and Swain passed away. And I remember photographing Dumani when he was an active racehorse. He still had dapples, and he was quite the handful. I have pictures of him rearing straight up at the assistant, trying to you know take him out with his front hooves. And the last time I saw Dumani was at Old Friends, and he was sweet and gentle and slow-moving and pretty much white and to to see the difference in them is beautiful like some there are obviously aspects of of sadness with old age but also a beauty that no other age has and all of a sudden the fans get to see them all again and michael you know makes the fans feel like they're part of it like they own these horses and it's pretty incredible that people get to see these horses that we all loved for all these years they, they not only get they get to see them through your lens every year. I don't know how you see. I go to the farm and I look at the shots you take and I say, "Well, damn, how did Barbara get this great shot?" And I've been here for six hours and it's long, you know. And uh, well, you, yeah, we you get, get I took sunrise. Are you there for sunsets? Because it looks like you captured yes. an entire week's worth of photos. Yes, and I go there for certainly quite a few days, and it was fun. I went with Sarah Andrew from TDN recently. And she said, you know, yeah, I see this good. in a different light now. She's so talented. And she said, I see it in a different light now. You see this whole farm as a palette, like basically to paint with. And you get to figure out what to create. And you know, we get to pick the timing. Like, obviously, if you go to visit Curl in a Hillendale, you're probably not going to tell them what time you're going. <laughs> but if you go, you know what I mean? Like, if you say, yeah, the farthest away from noon, and they'll say, how about 1130? You're like, okay, thank you. But when you're at All Friends, you can actually say, I'm going for sunrise, I'm going for sunset. I send Michael a text, and he says, have fun. Let me know if you need anything. Right. <laughs> it's, it's pretty great. magical there, it's as you great. know. Mm-hmm. Well, Barbara, <laughs> it, it is lovely hearing your voice. I'm sorry we're having technical difficulty <laughs> on a night when I don't have to worry about this. I'm going to have you back on because there's a lot of questions uh, that, that I want to, to ask you. But, uh I just want to tell everybody that she's got fabulous, 
absolutely fabulous books out. I mean, if you need a birthday present, a birthday present <laughs> for any horse lover, just come on, folks. It's uh, We're in modern times. Just Google Barbara D. Livingston. You'll see all she has to offer. But right now, usually Michael spreads the love around. You can find these Old Friends magazines, perhaps at a track near you. If not, contact Old Friends. They'll send one to you. That kind of chronicles uh, the beautiful photos of Barbara's that, and gives you the history of these horses. It, it's just fantastic. And if you are at Saratoga, walk across the street, go to the National Museum of Racing, and look at the great photos she has preserved from turf photos, Mr. Jim Raftery. Barbara, thanks a lot. Hit the hay. I know you got a 445 alarm clock waiting for you. <laughs> That's a true story. John, it's always a pleasure, and you keep up the great work. I love your love for the sport. It's, it's, it's infectious in a, in, a, in a good way. <laughs> All right, I'll send, I'll send that senior citizen photo to you, okay? <laughs> I can't wait to see what I look like. I usually veer from, from mirrors. <laughs> All right, my friend, thank All you right, so thank much. Thank you so Take much. Take care. Thank Most you. Those, Bye. Uh, next time, Eclipse Award-winning photographer Barbara D. Livingston <laughs> with us here on Winning Ponies. We're going to take a quick break. Thanks for listening. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hey, guys. With a lot of big racing right around the corner, you need a sports book with integrity and longevity like BetUS for all of your gambling needs. You may already know this, but BetUS has been pioneers in the sports book industry for almost three decades thriving and paying their loyal customer base. With action on every sport across the world, we can pretty much guarantee that we got your game. So join now using Capital Ponies and get a big 125% deposit bonus up to 2500 So play with the mainstay in the industry. Get your bets down with BetUS.com. You bet, you win, you get paid. But before you go to BetUS.com, you want to come over to WinningPonies.com and pull down your easy win forms. They're inexpensive, they're fast, and look on the site. You're going to see our results. We come up with some excellent plays every week, and the results are right there. So come on over to WinningPonies.com, get your easy win forms, and then get your action down at BetUS.com. US.com. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You're t- 
tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me, the man that used to pilot this microphone over with a powerful voice of America, airwaves, internet, uh, space station, none other than the one, the only. Let's see, how was he referred to in his introduction on Winning Ponies in our newsletter? I know, here it is. And ladies and gentlemen, no further ado, let's introduce the fellow who bellows at Belterra, Ed Meyer. What's happening, John? Thanks for the great introduction. Uh, yeah, how about how about that be your Christmas? Yeah, you, you know, I get a nice shirt for you with the fellow who bellows at Belterra. I like that. I, I do like that. Does it cost me anything for this one now? No, it's my gift. It's my gift to you. Just I expect I one in return. I love it. I, I mean, there's people that have, uh, uh, the late, great Kevin Gomer was the goof on the roof. There's a, another announcer out there that does, goes by the same moniker. But you know what? I, when you put a little thought into it, I'm willing to buy it a uh, whole hog. I, I'll, t- I'll take it all the way as long as you let me have it. The fellow who bellows. We won't forget it, Ed. Well, anyhow, I'm running tight on time because of me. I didn't pay my uh, my phone bill or my Internet bill or something, and uh, things are, are tight here. So, nonetheless, real quick, the Haskell turned out to be a hell of a race. I think what we saw was Jack Christopher may have been exposed for his ability at distance. I think we saw a really, really solid horse that's got an upside with Taba, and I think Cyber Knife was long overdue for a big day. Wow, you, you called it right down the middle. Uh, Jack Christopher looked the one to beat, but I had the same hesitant as you and many other handicappers. I called distance into question, and if you look from the stretch where he headed by a head and finished third by four and a half lengths, distance did come into question. Cyberknife had the greatest real trip of all time. Florent Giroux was so patient and did, did, Wasn't did a yeoman's task. Yeah, that was a great ride. It really was. But, uh, but, yeah, yeah, but so I'll tell it, you, it, I'm, I'm more impressed with Taiba. Yeah. I mean, Taiba, I, to I, me, I talked to one of the, one of the guys that was there talking to Mike Smith. Mike Smith said, I thought I had the race room. Because all of a sudden oh. I look over like, whoa, who's this? And he only got beat, you know, by a sheet of paper. Oh, my goodness. I mean, he, he, was, he just got beat by a head. But, in fact, I did have Cyberknife and Taiba. I had both actually uh, for another another thing that I write for. Uh, actually, I was one, two, three, but I had the, the big price on top, which pleased me greatly. And uh, But, John, if, if you're pressing, pressing my hand and saying, okay, who goes what from where, I think Taiba is – we're only seeing the, the tip-top of the of the iceberg here, and there's a whole lot underwater. Bob Baffert's back, whether you want to say it or not. He is back with a passion, and it, it looks like all of his runners are just running completely spectacular. 
just like they always did. I, I never really turned away. I knew there were some there were some problems that had to work themselves out. And you know what? I'm glad to see him back in the game. He's a colorful character. He's super for the game. But I think his runner, Taiba, is going to be a monster. And if they can hang in and keep everything up to speed, I think around Breeders' Cup time we might be having the same conversation. Uh, you, you know, with the, uh, the, the races at Del Mar that I took a look at, all of a sudden it's like, wow. It looks to me like Baffert's not only going to return, but he's going to return with a vengeance. I mean, when you see the horses that he uh, has, has taken back from these other trainers, and all of a sudden he's kind of like wound the alarm clock on them, I mean, bullet, 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 bullet. You know, and I'm talking about, you know, like four horses in a stable. It's like, holy cow. But I'll be honest with you, as long as we you know, took a little segue there, going out to Del Mar, is uh, – uh, in in the San Diego handicap, which has just turned out to be a up race, um, you know, Country Grammar's going to be the one to beat. There's no doubt about it. But this horse Ed, has been working with a horse that's going to be in the race before called Shaz. Okay, and Shaz has been out since May at Lone Star. I'm telling you. This Shaz outworked country grammar in the last two works I saw. So put that one in your hat and remember that for Saturday. The, we got a we got a Bing Corral to be in the eighth race. Remember the horse Shaz. So with saying that, is country grammar back at the top of his game or after all this time, because he did spend some time over in the desert, um, is he still needing more of a tune-up despite I see bullet, bullet, bullet next to his race, his workout, well, I should say. Okay, if, if you're referring to the gray one, Bing Crosby, race eight, and I, I looked at Shaz, and I, and I really studied it, and I went back and watched the replays. I'm a big replay watcher. Very impressed. Juan Hernandez rode in Northern California, made the shift quite a ways back to Southern California, and this guy is one to be reckoned with. And he he was really doing good work there, and he's teaming up well with Baffert. They're just getting their feet wet, and they're winning 50% together as a team. But, John, after further study, further review, as they would say in the steward stand, I came out with Drain the Clock. And this is the second time from Dubai – that Dubai jinx. Remember, we've heard so much about it. And then I looked at it. Yeah, but it seems like they got to knock the rust off. Oh, yeah, they got to knock the rust off, and I think that's what he did, Ed. He had turned its start. Take a look at the comment line. They are worth their weight in gold. And if you look at the big tracks, you tend to have some of the really supersonic chart riders. And when you look at this head turned its start, they're your eyes and ears right there. So I'm, I'm throwing out that last race, which still showed me some promise, broke very alertly under Edwin Gonzalez at Gulfstream, 56 and 4 for the three quarters. They were smoking. And you know what? Came up a little short. That's okay. I'm looking for that second time off a layoff where Safi Joseph wins 18%. I really like that. He wins 24% with sprints. 
I'm really hooked on this guy. I think we're going to hear even bigger things from Safi. I think this might be his year. You usually have that one trainer that kind of pops out who is always at the, at the top of the list, but really kind of pops out and distinguishes himself. I think Safi Joseph, this is going to be his year. But for me, for this weekend here, for Drain the Clock, hey, catch me if you can. Drain Van Dyke, and uh, he's 42% in the money with uh, with sprints here. I like it for Safi Joseph, these two guys hooking up, and also has a very sharp work at the deep golf stream track of uh, 46 of one going for furlong so give me all drain the clock you can all right admire the odds maker that beats the odds remember that one you can put that one in your stationary okay uh i am <laughs> yeah. i got two now that was uh i know ed maker the odds maker that it, that's against the yeah. against all odds i like that but but anyway then we got the, the, the uh let's see and then are the Sandy, the Sandy, what we've been talking about. I mean, we digress a little bit over to uh, the Bing Crosby there, which is where we're going to get drained the clinic if that's a full month. But then going a mile on the 16th, um, if, if, if I'm right about country grammar needing one, who, who is the uh, potential upsetter? Because you got the one, two, three finishers coming out of the Santa Anita Gold Cup in here. Not to mention Mandaloon, you know, who's uh, the Kentucky Derby winner. That's, that's still hard to say, but it's true. Do you think that race was was that powerful? Were, were, were you that taken by that race? If you get a chance to watch uh, it or go back and read You mean Stephen Foster? The, the horse's no. last start or, or the Derby? The der- well, actually the Derby. Uh, no, because I kind of forgot he was even in the race, to be honest with you. Well, that's okay. He's 26 I mean, uh, one. You know, I wasn't paying any attention to him. <laughs> well, I think we also uh, forgot an 80-to-1 shot that we happen to know all the connections all the way around, and uh, we happen to well, forget about that. Well, I wish I knew these business. guys. I would have made some money. <laughs> oh, I, how in the hell do we not play uh, Sonny Leone and Eric Reed together at least to have uh, a flying 10 buck on it? How do we do that? Um, uh, I don't know. But so, what's your, what's your read on on the San San, San, San Diego handicap? Is it uh, Baffer going to take it with country grammar and just say try to beat me down the road, folks? Because this is a horse if he runs back to what what he did, uh, uh, you know, earlier in the season, way earlier, you know, uh, I mean, he only won uh, ten million dollars. You know, you bring up a really good point with the Baffert runner there, but. Just remember, the son of Tonalus has been off for four months, and that was Dubai. Yeah. And it takes a whole lot out of him. Prior to that, was running, I believe, in Korea. And, John, I, I think that it really takes a lot out, and it takes a little bit longer than even four months to get your feet back underneath you. For me, it's going to be Mandaloon. It's going to be the Ferran Giroux and Brad Cox show in this one. And you're right about that Stephen Foster race. That was one right off of traveling about in, in, in Saudi Arabia and ran a dismal ninth that day against country grammar. I, I'm dismissing that race. I'm not a big fan of, of going around the world. And what the toll that it takes on uh, horses having to fly that far is just incredible. But the money is, is well worth the try. But the Stephen Foster showed me a little something that, you know what, we can show a little speed, we can flash it if we need to, or we can pull back and stalk. 
Mandaloon showed me, but then ran out of a little bit of gas, and all that it showed me was, you know what, after dinner comes dessert, and I think Mandaloon's going to serve it up this weekend. You're going to get out there, be really close to the pace, and I think the, the patient hand of Florent Giroux is going to make all the, all the effort in the world here. He's, he's eligible to improve second, start off a layoff. That's always been a big angle. It's a nice grade, too, the Stephen Foster. I think uh, everybody uh, in, the, in the racing world's heard of it and been very impressed. That race caught my eye. So Mandaloon, for me, is, is going to be my pick. You've, you've sat in the chair before. Keep an eye on the clock. We're down to four minutes, okay? So okay. Uh, the Jim Dandy, uh, a short field, but, man, you can make a case for, as far as I'm concerned, everybody but one horse in here. Well, give me give me your pick right out of the gate. That I don't like? No, that you do like. Or that I do like. I, I like Epicenter. I just think I, I, I just think the voodoo doll the pins are coming out of the voodoo dolls uh on Asmussen. Uh starting with Cyberknife and now we're gonna go on to uh Epicenter and uh you know, just look at that. I mean, this horse danced every dance and then uh, gets beat by Rich Strike and early boating. Key certainly can't take anything away from those horses, but, you know, that this horse looked like he had them both locked up. On the other hand, if you've been betting this horse, you've lost uh, some money in your last two races, making him the favorite. In fact, you have. You know, I'm going to take one that's kind of taken the, the road less traveled, and that's the three Tawny Port, uh, Brad Cox. A uh, very nice call here by Pioneer of the Nile. Run the Ohio Derby. Prior to that, it was the Kentucky Derby, which, like everyone else, but he actually finished seventh by four and three-quarter lengths, which isn't all that bad in a field of 20. Won the Lexington, ran second in the Jeff Ruby Stakes at Turfway Park. I've watched this horse actually get a little better. Now, Epicenter's dealt it up. And, and dealt it out to this guy. But, in fact, I read Ortiz is aboard, and I think that's going to be a huge factor. Winning the Ohio Derby was, was quite, a, quite a nice little touch here, but they did add Lasix. That's my only drawback question. They were able to add Lasix in Ohio in the grade three Ohio Derby, but now there's no Lasix here. How, how much of an impact will that make on Tawny Port? I'm, I'm hoping not because I'm seeing a horse that's maturing nicely, but I read Ortiz the way he comes flying late. Brad Cox, they're winning 50% together. For me, I'm going to try to beat the favorites. I'm going to go with the 8-1 to one shot, Tony Port. Okay, well, I, I, again, we're talking about the Jim Dandy. I really think the interesting angle is going to be here at the race setup because with such a short field, early voting and Jose Ortiz are easily going to inherit the lead, and I think they may well be the controlling speed. And should anybody make the mistake behind them, it, it, it's see you later, folks, because uh, we've seen this horse can certainly dance a dance, was only beaten uh, ahead by Mo Donegal in the Wood Memorial in a, in a hotly contested race. Early voting is going to be dangerous up on the front end, but I, I think you're going to see Epicenter be the first to threaten, and then your Tawny Port come flying at the end along with Zan. It's, it's going to be a fun race for a short field, I can tell you that, Ed. I'm sorry, things had to be kind of wound up tight here, but that's what happens this time of year. You, you, you've, been, uh, you've been through the fire drill a few times yourself. You know what I'm talking about. So, it I is always a pleasure talking to you, my friend. Hey, I hope and, your listeners uh, have plenty of winners, Sean. All right. Well, and uh, you, can, you could ask Ed. Sometimes he boosts up his handicapping a little bit with those uh, 
easy win forms, just go on over to winningponies.com. That's easy. And you'll see the uh, opportunities right there. And it's not a lot of money. You can buy different packages. You know, you can select the tracks you want. You know, n- nobody's, uh, you know, one-stop shopping. Uh, and this is this is what we sell, and that's what you got to buy. You can pick and choose what you want with the easy win forms. And I read just some of the results. The other thing is the results that I give out every week. All of our plays and results are posted. So you can see that uh, what we're telling you is legit on winning ponies. Well, thanks a million to my buddy. Admire, and I also want to thank Barbara Livingston. I want to apologize for any technical difficulty, and I'm going to go pay my internet bill right now. So, thanks for listening to another edition of Winning Ponies. Don't forget, a lot of great racing. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully, we'll see you down the road. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners.